Hi, I'm Russ Kamarna, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in depth in a long form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This conversation brings us to Sean King. Sean is an independent filmmaker, director, and cinematographer in New York. We're old friends, we've collaborated on a lot of projects together, and his work as a cinematographer has earned him uh, accolades and awards in film festivals all over the country. He's been a writer, a producer, a director, he's done documentaries, he's done features, he's done shorts, he's done every possible kind of, uh, of independent project as a filmmaker, and I think you'll find his process fascinating. Sean King. I got six pairs of glasses because I keep fucking dropping them everywhere. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay, here we go. All right. All right. So. I believe I'm rolling. Am I rolling on? Did I roll on that? This is the part. This is the, like, when you subscribe to Patreon, you get all this. <laughs> <laughs> you get all this shit. Who bag. wants to miss this yeah, stuff? This, this is, is awesome. gold. All right. That's how productions yeah. are done, Sean. Done. All right. All right, my friend. Now, I think I've settled myself in. I took my... My mask off. I got my pants on. Yeah, I feel pretty good about myself. Got your myself. indoor pants on. I got, got my your, big boy uh, pants on. Pandemic pants. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's drop that level down a little bit. Okay. Check. Check. Hey. All right. All right. So. Yeah. So. Once look. again, Sean, welcome. Thanks so much, Russ. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. This is my first podcast. You're so. happy to be anywhere. I'm happy to be out of the house. Yeah. Uh, so, so before we even get into everything else, what you, in the midst of all this nuts in the world, this craziness, what did you just go through, man? Yeah. I, well, maybe we should preface by saying we're in October of 2020, the, yeah. the, the legendary year, I right, guess, right. time will tell. Right. We're going to keep these as evergreen as possible, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know what? We'll That's go a little bit back into context, the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a wild time, um, but uh, I had a wild year. Uh, where I had a I had a organ transplant, kidney transplant. Jesus. And you know I, I waited till 2020. You know I heard <laughs> heard good things were gonna happen this right, year, so right. I figured you know right. let's 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 wait till then. Right. Opportune time. No, but it was actually a great time because, uh, like a lot of us in the um, film biz, video biz, whatever it is, right. we're out of work. Yes. So I figured okay, now was a good time to take care of this thing that's gonna take. Right. I thought a few months. Three months or four months. Right. Uh, wound up taking an extra five or six months because of the. Yeah. Right. You know, when you have a transplant, you got to make sure that everything is sterilized, everything's right. super clean, and right. and you're you're going to be immunocompromised for a while because you have a transplanted organ from somebody, and you got to sure. take these pills to knock your immune system down. Right. So you get uh, any, you know, uh, any, any uh, psychedelic benefits out of those pills? Or? No, no. You get, you get skin cancer. You <laughs> oh, get, that's good. Uh, oh, good. Fatigue. So there is something. <laughs> Weight gain, hair loss, all the good stuff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that stuff. Yeah. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, my, I was so lucky to have amazing friends like you and family help me out the whole time. And, um, an amazing friend, 
who was a living donor, my friend Lori Heckman. So she saved my life. That's and, yeah. unbelievable how, yeah. how that came around and how quickly that happened. Yeah. So yeah, so that was when was the actual uh, operation as as opposed as to where we are today? How long? Today would be eight weeks exactly. Eight weeks. So, so yeah. So hence we are at, at a good seven and a half so, eight foot social distance. So. Yeah. So <laughs> we're you know this this time eight weeks ago I was split open like a turkey and you know they were carving me out like Thanksgiving. So. Wow, man. They took out an eight-pound kidney, which was that big about. Holy balls. Yeah, it was like having an eight-pound C-section baby from a man. Do you get to keep that and put it in a jar? No, I wanted a piece of it. You know, I wanted a picture or something. And they said, no, no pictures. (laughs) It's fine. That's right. Take a fucking picture. You should at least get your kidney, man. I mean, you came into the world with it. I got a new one, and it's working great. So I'm so thankful. Feeling good? I feel feel better now than I did in like the last 10 years. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't know how sick I. It was a, it was a, it was a um, chronic kidney disease. Right. And it's kind of like people say, "Oh, I have an invisible disease," you know. But it was one of those things where you didn't. Nope. Nobody could really tell. Right. And you don't have symptoms so much. You just feel shitty. Right. But it's not like a life changing thing. Right. And until you get the until you new get better, one, you're right. like, "Holy fuck, I was sick." <laughs> wow. And I was just you know tired and you know right. no appetite and all this other stuff. So it was one of those things where I didn't know how sick I was until, you know, a few weeks ago when things started to wow. work again. Well, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, gl- I'm so glad everything worked out and, and you're feeling great because we're going to get you back out there and working and doing the things we do. I can't wait. Can't which, is wait. What, which is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about crazy shit like that. So let's start right at the beginning because I don't know. I mean, I've known you probably for, oh, I don't know, uh, 15, 15 years, 15 yeah. years, something like that. Uh-huh. We've worked together on a lot of different projects, but I don't know a whole lot about the whole history. Wait, we, we met we met at the party where I broke the ice sculpture, remember? <laughs> I didn't know you broke the ice sculpture. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a July 4th party, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we met at the at a party and you were, I think you were shooting or you might have been filming or something. Yeah, yeah, I had the, you, one of those. You had the DVX-100. <laughs> I love that camera. Which I was, love that camera. Which was the first 24p mini dv camera back when that came out that's right and i had just got one myself a few years earlier yeah or two years earlier whatever and i was like hey that guy's using my camera yeah. <laughs> you could all spot each other out in the wild yes. they're like oh that, that's a pro right there <laughs> that's that's, right. A, that's a pro it's right. a filmmaker yeah yeah i gotta talk to him yeah because i mean where we are you have to know what's what other people are doing yes and it's uh, where we are is is long island new york <laughs> and it's like you know it's a little skin tag on new york city <laughs> But in that skin tag, you want to know exactly what everybody else is doing. Because right. you, you can't let something happen without trying to be involved in it or knowing right. who it is or, or how to get involved. And I'm sure that's that goes for a lot of smaller right. I never I never uh, thought of it as a skin tag, but that's really interesting. A skin tag on the ass. What, of, yeah, of what else is it? I don't want to demean it, but that's, you know. I mean, oh, when, when you say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker in New York, everybody thinks, oh, you're right. You live in Brooklyn or Queens or Manhattan. Right, right. And no, we work there a lot. Hey, we we got a lot of good, you know, stuff out of the water in this in this uh, in this place. A lot of good talent came out of here. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I mean, what Eddie Murphy? Yeah, Brazilian Seinfeld, yeah, Baldwin's and all. No, no, Billy Joel, etc. Although they would say they came from New York. Yeah. But that's cool. That's <laughs> all right. Whatever they want. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we met way back when. Um, but like I said, I don't know much about uh, you before that. So. You're a filmmaker, a cinematographer, a director, uh, um, and you've done all different kinds of things in all different kinds of mediums. When you started, did you start like uh, like a lot of us did with the, like a Super 8 and all that stuff as a kid? Like, oh, how yeah. did, What was your childhood like, and did you always want to do this kind of a thing? Um, 
I guess the first time, the first thing I connected with, the first thing I saw that I, I was, I was born in 75. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first thing I, the first two things that left an impression that probably moved me emotionally most was some of the earliest memories I had of watching, um, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the you know the, the uh, Charles Lawton, or? no the um, the the Lon Chaney, oh Lon Chaney, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so that was uh, that was a big deal, um, and then the Elephant Man too. Well, uh, John Hurt, yeah, yeah the, 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 the David, David Lynch, Lynch yeah. Elephant Man, and I, th- my mom would let me watch anything basically at that time, and my dad too. They weren't really. This was what nineteen eighty or something like that. Sure. So this was we were going in. You know, we were in a time where children were left unsupervised and yes the generation x my friend yeah the great times that you know <laughs> they left us alone that that yeah the great times that kids now fantasize about right. or you know it's just it's the opposite of that now so it was the free range kids everywhere <laughs> um and and you know from the 70s to the 80s it was just such a great time for all entertainment yeah movies television music and um so we were just left to find all that stuff on our own but those i remember watching the Elephant Man and the, and and the Hunchback, especially the scenes where they were they were getting whipped or, or getting you know humiliated <laughs> and abused and right, stuff and right, I, right. that just was like, I mean you know I would sit there and, and cry you know and kind of empathize with those characters and that was wow. the first time that I guess I empathized or kind of sympathized with another character other than a living person. Okay, you know? all right. So that kind of you know I, I guess that made me wonder why I'm having these feelings. And then, you know, and then, and then I watched ET and, and all those right, right. blockbusters that right, came right, in right. 81, and 81, 82, 83. Yeah. yeah. And there was some just great stuff, um, for, for a kid to connect with, with, sure. you know, with other kids and on fantasies and adventures and things. Did you have friends who, and you all kind of did that stuff like we all did and created yeah. all your own shit? And... Oh, we went on, you know, we went on treasure hunts and mm-hmm. with our bikes and, you know, <laughs> right. you looking were, for aliens. You the fucking Goonies, man. Yeah, That's what exactly. you were. I get it. You were the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. So you watch all this stuff and it stirs these feelings in your body yeah. and you don't know how to explain them. Right. So you're yeah. starting to really examine yeah, Then that. I'm 12 years old and then, you know. <laughs> then things take <laughs> So, but when's the first time you decide, uh, let me try this? Like bef- beyond just the fantasy games of, uh, of, of children where you're like, let me, well, can I, can I shoot this? Can I act in it? Can I, what, what were the first things you did? Yeah, that was, uh, it was, I think it was probably around, I was 13. And I don't know if anybody else did this, but around like, the fall we me and my brother we'd go sneak around the house looking for like the the stash of christmas presents that we were going to get you know <laughs> so uh, my my mom had a stash in the closet and there was boxes that she bought from Sears on a credit card or whatever and i saw one it was a it was a zenith vhs compact vhs camcorder sweet and i was like and I was like, oh, shit, who's that for? It was for my mom. She bought it for herself. But I immediately took it out of the closet, oh, opened shit. it up. I couldn't. I, the thing was sitting in the closet. I couldn't let it just stay there. Of course not. Right? Of course you not. You wouldn't have let it just stay no, there. Well, I don't know about that. But but it could not have been for you. So <laughs> yeah, right. what the fuck? I'm, I'm taking this thing before someone else gets it. So I don't know how she felt about it. I, I don't remember her really having an issue with it because I took it out of the box and I was using it like an hour later and I'd call my friends over and we would just re- start recreating 
funny scenes oh, from that's great. like everybody starts sure. just you know you're recreating those funny scenes or those those gory scenes or those right. those you know those I, I can't imagine a kid re, you know a for me it was kid. Star Trek scenes yeah and shit yeah like exactly that, you know? you're not gonna go do you know um, a Bergman scene you know <laughs> when you're twelve you're gonna do Alien you're gonna right. do right. Star Trek you're gonna right. do you know so that's what we did you know we right. just made. And I say we, me and like a, a couple other kids in the in the neighborhood who would tolerate this kind of thing, you right. know, just entertain, you know, entertain me for a while. And then a few of them stuck with it. And, you know, we there was probably three or four kids who just kept sure coming back every, you know, after school or on the weekends, we would just go do it. We, we, we had one tape. Oh, I had one over. Tape. Yeah, and we, and we would film it and edit it in the camera. You know, we'd make Terminator 3 after Terminator 2 came out. And then we would, you know, we'd, we'd watch it for a weekend or right. a week or two. And then we would be like, all right, let's make another one. You, you couldn't afford another right, tape. So yeah. we'd have to rewind that and <laughs> tape over it. That's awesome. So so were you always the, uh, what were you? Were you the director? Were you the actor? Were yeah. You, like, you know, were you, who was running the show? Was it you? Everything, everything. There was nobody else who would want to do everything except me. A lot of that hasn't changed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was good training ground. Because there was always the kid who just wanted to act, and there was always the kid who just wanted to like yeah, you know party. That's right. There was one who wanted to meet girls, and one who wanted to do. Like I said, the, none of this has right, changed exactly. at all. Yeah, yeah. So it was you know, it, it, but you never thought about that's how a system works. Right. That's just what you did. Right. Right. So yeah, uh, but there was a few movies that I saw when I was around that age that really made me think about directing and filmmaking. And all right, what's that? Uh, and what were, age are we talking about? With like 12, 13 kind of now? Yeah, I think this was probably 1980. I was 10 or 12. 10 or 12, okay. Yeah, something like that. I think, yeah, it was, it was 85 and 87 because the movies were The Evil Dead and The <laughs> Evil Dead 2, okay? So, <laughs> and uh, I'm a huge fan of, of that series. Probably because uh, that was the first... The, the Evil Dead, I saw it on VHS tape, and I grew up in the time of the video store yeah, and the, the drive-in movie and stuff. It's just the golden time um, to be a kid into like this stuff. And again, my dad would let us watch anything. Like He took us to the drive-in to see Deathstalker, and you know, I, I can't imagine what he was thinking, but <laughs> any kind of Star Wars rip-off, Conan rip-off, Mad Max rip-off, right. we just went to see. Right. It was, it's an alien in it, a robot or a, or a <laughs> demon or something. We were there. Um but Evil Dead was weird. Evil Dead was way different because it was grainy. It there it wasn't like even as a kid you knew these weren't professionals <laughs> doing this. You saw bad effects. You saw all these flaws sure. that you'd never imagined were there before. Right. And then it was a veil was lifted. Right. Because you saw like a monster, you saw a tube coming out of their their makeup and spurting blood, and you're like, oh, what's that? Like somebody. The tube goes down off the off the screen, right? And there's somebody down off the screen, right? Pumping right. or blow, like, what are they doing? Right. So, like a lot of kids who are into like horror stuff, I I went into doing my own makeup effects, and then it's like, oh, cool, we can do this makeup effect, but we gotta film it. So you learn, you know, right. okay, I'm gonna do the makeup effect and then film it, right? And then and then it, the, the the ideas get bigger and the things get bigger and you. Right. You need more friends to help out. And then it was just, um, it, it was basically, and that's what's sad about things. There's some amazing entertainment now. Yes. There's incredible technology, uh, but 
the, the thing that's missing are those flaws. Yes. Those flaws uh, inspired generations of filmmakers. Right. And I think people are more, maybe more inspired now, but in a different way, not by the flaws. Right. Of... I want to talk more about that because that gets into the whole art and craft version of what we're talking about. Yeah. Do me a favor, lift that mic up and out a little bit. Okay. Just up and then and down a little bit. Now say something for it because you got check, check, there you check. go, nice okay. and clear. Yeah, there we go. It's oh, we're directional. To the side. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so so you see this, and it's the flaws that inspire you uh, to to want to get behind the scenes and start and start doing this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you should give Sam Raimi a call and uh, and say thank you for my entire life. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm 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 one step away now at this point i'm right. not going to spoil anything you're, but you're, you're a degree one degree away from yeah you're one kevin bacon away from yeah Sarah yeah which is totally weird and but i don't want to get ahead of yeah, anything right. but it was just like you know That's like a 13 year old me would be like what is this this is not reality right now right so. oh that's awesome yeah well good luck with that well, we'll, we'll, we'll pay attention to whatever that becomes <laughs> um so what's the first thing you do uh, what's the very first thing? And first of all, when do we get past, uh, the, you know, let's get you, did you go to in school in in high school and stuff? Do you, are you starting, is the technology getting better and you starting to, yeah. you know, doing things that are a little more, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was lucky in, in my high school to have a, a great television department. No right? shit. Yeah, Where'd you was, go to school? Uh, Hop Hog High School in Long Island, New York. Well, I yeah. didn't have shit in my yeah. high school. We had a studio. You had a control oh, room. Oh, stop. You had like four deck-to-deck no shit. VHS, you know, VHS, you know, editing, editing machines with like, you know, you can, you have two sound, two wow. tracks of sound that you can mess with. And cool. So it was awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it was like a, it was like the cable access, the local like right. cable station. Right, right, it was right. like almost the equivalent of that. Wow. And we had two professor television, you know, teachers, professors or whatever right, they were, right, you know, right. so. And they would let us take out cameras and, and again, I say us, I, this is now we're getting into like friends you meet in high school that are more serious about it. And, right. you know, they, they're fans of, you know, they're, they're Star Wars fans or they're, sure. you know, they're, 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 they're into, you know, theories more and right. you start to geek out a little bit more <laughs> right. into stuff and. So then you latch onto them and then you take out cameras and you, you, oh, you got a light now, you know, now mm. we know how to light stuff right, or whatever. Right, right. And then, oh, this, this new camera has a plug where you put a microphone in. Oh <laughs> shit. And then we can learn how to do that stuff. Right, right. And then we can go and edit properly. Right. You have two tracks of sound on a VHS tape. Yeah. And now we can do sound effects. Right. So, um, yeah. So once that, that kicks you into a higher level of stuff and then it just, you know, then you buy your first right. prosumer camera. Right. What was that for you at that time? Do you remember, Do you remember <laughs> the was model that, number? That was the DVX. I oh, think. Was, that was, was the first one. Well, friends, uh, uh, let me let me go to this. <laughs> After high school, um, I didn't go to college. I never imagined having enough money ever to go to college. Nobody ever pushed me to go to college. Me too. But yeah, it was because <laughs> I saw all my friends right. going for. I never saw anybody going for film or anything. I didn't really. I. Film school was just this like unattainable, sure. expensive thing at NYU or right. UCLA. Yeah, or you just never even imagined. You know, my family never had any money or anything like that, and I didn't like to work, so I was like, <laughs> "Fuck that." Um, but, but uh, some friends and I, we uh, did started doing um, cable access, like movies for cable access. Okay. 
uh, and we did our own sitcom. We did our own sketch comedy stuff. Now, is this the Slack Pack? Yeah, this is the Slack Pack. Right. right, Slacker TV. It was called. <laughs> and then when we came, then I was like sketches and stuff. And then we did a few years of that. And we changed it into like a narrative, like a more of a sitcom narrative thing. And what, that was the, the what was the what was the what was the the bent of the of the thing? What what style are we talking? Like an SCTV kind of thing, or just goofy? Yeah, or what? yeah. It was it was like all the the sketch comedy that we appreciated at the time, the kids in the hall or, okay. you know, Saturday night live or, <laughs> right. um, SCTV. Right, was right, right. Yeah. Uh, and then we were like a couple other guys were like, well, we want to tell stories too. You know, we don't want to just do sketches. We right. want to tell a, you know, a three act thing or something right, like right. in a half an hour or whatever, whatever they'll let us get away with it. The local cable station. And then we started experimenting with short films and kind of editing them down to put on cable access and uh, started producing a, a feature length movie that took 10 years. What to was do. the name of that? That was called The Freaks, Nerds, and Romantics. So that was. Uh, Is that available anywhere that anybody I, can see? I'm sure if you go to Vimeo, it's on Vimeo or something <laughs> cool. like that. It never got. I mean, um, but yeah, um, it was basically like with, with a gang like that and. And, and committing to, to being at the cable station at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning to hold your to hold your 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 airtime slot, you know, which you had to do. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, and at that time, I mean, we're 20, 25 years old and nobody nobody else is going to fucking get up at, you know, yeah, Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? You're crazy. And then you meet those people in line next to you. Right. And then they're like, well, this it's crazy fuckers here like right. me. So maybe we should, you know, right. do something well, that's together. How, that's how know? this whole thing evolves, right? I mean, it, what a lot of people don't understand about our industry at the highest level to the lowest level is it's all this referral. Who do yeah, you know who right. did that? Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And then before you know it, your circle gets bigger and you're starting to work with all different kinds of people. I right. Mean, so so it started that, that early for you. So how long did you do the Slacker TV thing? Like how many... Like, did you, was it every week? Was it a weekly thing? And then for how long did you do it? Yeah, we, we roughly like shot for every week. I, I, can't, I can't remember how many like episodes we did, but we did it for uh, to, uh, 1997. To, yes. Uh, eight years. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, seven years. We did it for seven wow. years. Uh, and we got it on like Long Island cable access. We got it in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, everywhere. <laughs> like as far as we can go, you know, as far as we can take it into that small sphere. Do you, uh, at that point, do you have um, fans? Are people responding yeah. to it? Yeah, and, that, and that, yeah, that was great because people would write in, you know, this was like you had your Juno email account, you know, like your first email ever set up. And and we had like a fan club where you can write us letters and you send oh, that. We had a newsletter so where we went to Kinko's and that's not even a thing anymore, but we Xerox <laughs> shit and put a stamp on it and sent it out to like the fans and stuff. And yeah, so that was so much fun. Um and then that kind of just turned when that stopped. Uh, well, we, while we were doing that, I'm sorry, let's go back a little bit about like getting into more professional sure. realm. But uh, one of the guys on the show, Mike, um, he got into a car wreck and he got a settlement. Uh, and, and we took like the $2,000 or whatever and he, and he bought uh, that he got from the settlement and he bought like a, the first digital DV camera. Some right. Canon, yeah, it was the X Canon H1 oh, or something. Ed, what was the Canon that that one, like the first one? 
the L1. The yeah, L1, that was right, it. With the yeah. one with the thing on the back that looks like a film bag. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was, it was the step down from that one. <laughs> right, It right. wasn't the XHA1 or whatever. It was the one before. <laughs> the one before that. Right, yeah, okay. it, was the, it, was the, it was like the one you can go to like, you know, B&H in the city and get, right, you know, right, like right. it was the base level one. <laughs> And then we were like, oh, shit, we're digital now. Like we can, And then we started editing digitally. And right. then you start to work with, oh, who has a digital editing system, system. nonlinear editing system? You got to go to this guy. Right. So that's what happened. And then the movies just reflected the, the effort put into right. everything. And then, you know, and then people fell off when it got too real. Uh-huh. And then people came on when it got more real. That's interesting. So, so that core group of, you know, the slacker group and then kind of the neighborhood group, uh, it it morphs into something else. Is it? Is it? It obviously changes, right? So that now there's when you're getting into you're stepping up ready to shoot something. Yeah, because, a different group of guys. Yeah, I think I think what it is it's because like uh, now you're now you're 25 or, or 30, you right. know, and we're and we're, then we're doing our next TV show called The Gooligans, you know, and then mm-hmm. we're just now we're now we're doing you know we're we're going home and sculpting you know prosthetic makeups and you right. know staying up for 12 hours and you know like hot gluing costumes right, and right. then oh so and so's girlfriend is going to help with the costumes and the makeup and the catering right. and blah 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 and then it becomes a system mm. which if you're lucky enough to have great friends and people helping you out works right but at 25 and 30 you start losing people to careers and, and marriages and kids and, 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 and right. bullshit like that you know so <laughs> And we're like, all right, whatever, get, you know, somebody else will come in right. and, and still help out, hopefully. Right. Yeah. So, the, so uh, we're going to get into the Gooligans, which is, which was a whole other section that, that launched into that. But, yeah. but as far as the, um, the experience of the independent filmmaker, what you're giving us is, is the picture for a, a, almost all of us. In some fashion yeah. or another, you, well, absolutely. Because I mean, you might, you're going to find you know, the, the Spike Lees and the whoever's of the world who, you know, did the NYU and cast their first sure. films at a backstage, did their thesis project or the Quentin Tarantino's and the Sundance project and, and how these guys yeah. exploded. But the, the essence of what we do is the same. It's this sort of, what do you have? What do you have? You got that? Yeah. Well, why don't we, <laughs> why don't we, why don't we put on a show, yeah. you know? And it, it, yeah. it's that spirit, uh, uh, is, so necessary and what people don't realize is it doesn't that doesn't change any as you go on it's, oh yeah, yeah it's the the mm-hmm. circumstance is different but the the spirit of that is the same yeah i think the effort changes and you know the right. kind of the um you know the uh the the expectation of a little more excellence and quality changes. absolutely yeah, right. yes and absolutely and then also you don't want to you don't want to take advantage of people like you used to, even right. though they're there willfully. And, right. you know, you just want to respect people a little bit more because they're, you know, they do have a husband or wife at home and a kid. And, you know, right. you're, you're taking that time very seriously suddenly. And then sure. and then that, along with your, you know, your other things start to weigh down on you a little bit more rather right. than just like, I don't have to go to work today. Fuck that. I'm going to make a movie, <laughs> you know, which and I guess, yeah, you're right. I, I just I, I just never think about how many other um, creative people, uh, are in that same position. I, I, you know, because everybody's different. Some people are privileged. Some people just have the talent and and the, the kind of the charisma to do it, you know, and just kind of just create things out of nowhere. But to other people, it's decades and decades of that. It's just, you know, um, giving favors and receiving favors and all that other stuff. And that's just, uh, that's, and that's where we're at still now. And hopefully, you know, of course, we would love to pay 
professionals what they're yeah. what they deserve right. and you know you can do you can only do what you can do with what you got on a production and and, yeah. and it changes with the resources you have it changes with the people you have right. so before we get into some craft stuff to, to move on to one of the biggest chunks of content uh in your career was the ghouligans yeah we're good what's up uh we're at 30 mark uh, 30. that should run that should just now run okay. thank god <laughs> amazing so now we're at uh, the the big content uh, of your uh, of your career, which was the most content in in a chunk. There was the Gooligans. Yeah. Talk about what was the Gooligans. Uh, I I get a kick out of this because I grew up with the same kind of television shows right. you did. Yeah. So what was it, and how did you guys do it? So that that's it was it was pretty much just that which what you what you said. It was after we did our silly like sitcom, you know, slacker thing. Uh, we had an opportunity, the same group of guys, that's Pete Bune, Michael Kosick, and myself, and um, a few other people. I can sit here all day. And <laughs> right, the so many. I think I was even involved at some point. Uh, some of course. <laughs> no, you were, you were involved many times. Right. Uh, I don't know if you remember all of them. I don't. I remember you in a studio that was 129 degrees. Shooting. And, and a yeah, shooting of fucking, and, you know, a pool of sweat <laughs> underneath. Right. So. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. See, you forgot because I, you want to forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, so once we were done with that stuff, we immediately, we had I had an opportunity myself to pitch some things to... Um, this is, uh, this was 2004. So you got to think, yeah, this was going into 2005. So this was right before YouTube was a thing. Right. Uh, before this, we had, we actually had as the slack slack pack, we had, um, a little, uh, job with a local newspaper here in, in Long Island called Newsday. Right. Mm -hmm. And Newsday. Uh, I think I sent in a letter. I wanted like them to do a piece on us, us, uh, our TV show. We were always just, you know, cold calling or cold writing um, newspapers or whatever, just to tell them what we were doing and see if they wanted to write an article about mm -hmm. us or right. something, you know. So we, um, I sent the letter in, and they said they replied, saying um, their entertainment section replied, a representative from the their new nightlife section, and they said uh, we're not interested in like talking about your show we're interested in you producing your show for us wow um we want you to do web uh 13 webisodes and we were like web, what, the what the hell's a webisode, a webisode? <laughs> right Didn't, right nobody knew what that was nobody yet. knew what the hell that would uh, it wasn't even a thing right but they had a website built they had a player in the website where you can download a, a, th a little you know five minute video and wait there for three hours and it pops <laughs> right. up on a little player and you press the you know Remember those players? Yeah. You can change the, the, the shape of them and stuff. Right. Um, so they, we, we, we said, sure. Uh, and, and they wanted us to go and do reviews of like local bands, local bars and restaurants and clubs. Right. And then we did it. We, we would do a sketch there, like a funny, like, oh, we got mixed up with these gangsters at this, you know, this Italian restaurant or something. And then we would, uh, they would air that every Friday. Mm. Um, we did 13 of them, but nobody, nobody watched them because nobody knew how to download a video. Right. 2000, this was 2003. Right. So nobody knew how to download the video. So nobody watched it. So we got canceled. Um, so we were always trying to get something like that going again, where we got, you know, we got a little, we had a budget, mm. we got paid. That was our first, like, okay. that's the first like professional there job. You go. Somebody okay. gave so, you some money yeah. or something. So it was, it was, it was, it was the newspaper news day that, bought 13 episodes mm -hmm. of our show right and that felt great that was amazing right 
And we were like, this is it, guys. Like, next, it's going to be a 30-minute show on Channel 11. Because they own, like, Channel 11 or some shit like that. They're like, oh, they're grooming us to have our own sitcom. <laughs> so, yeah, once, once nobody knew how to download a video, we were out of there. And the stuff was trash. It was really bad. Because it was all our friends and sure, stuff. And it was sure. just, you know, whatever we could scrape together for, right. like, I think the budget was $1,000 a piece. Right. And then after that, get, there was four of us. So after you get split up between the four of us. <laughs> You could buy each other a cup of coffee. Yeah, we got we got eleven fifty for the you got eleven dollars and fifty cents for the budget. You know, that's sweet <laughs> so, man. Uh, we should have taken it more seriously, and that's what we learned doing our next thing. When we had um, I had an opportunity to pitch some things to like, um, some horror channels that were starting. Okay. Um, and and it was unclear if they were cable stations or if they were like, YouTube's like streaming things because at the time people were just like. Yeah. Oh, internet video is the thing. So sure. I think they were trying to do that and right. they were looking for content. And we, as the Slack pack, the, the four of us pitched like three demo things. Just like five minute little demos. Right. One was like a, like a ghost story thing. One was like a horror review show with like a Siskel and Ebert, you know, and the, with horror movies. And then the other one was the four of us doing our sketch comedy type of stuff but dressed as monsters in like a like a like a monsters 1960s yeah. kind of like, vibe like a 60s sitcom right. that we that we grew up with like on nick at night or right. like the local kind of you know rerun station sure because we loved like dick van dyke we loved bewitched the monsters <laughs> right i dream of genie like gilligan's island like we we just worshiped those things right. and it, there was a there was a time there in like the the early 2000s where like there was a retro thing happening sure. so we kind of rode that little retro inspiration and we did four funny monsters there was a you know a, a frankenstein creature a, a wolfman a zombie and a and a, and a vampire yep. all doing funny monster trope things so um <laughs> with a 60s vibe yeah with 60s, the 60s 70s kind of it had like the surf rock, the surf and rock. Stuff. Yeah, right, so all right. the things the monsters kind of pioneered did you have were, were they called the ghouligans at that point did you have a name yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we, we 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 pretty much had you know aside from a few like you know character tweaks i right. mean it's pretty similar to what came after it you know right i mean aside from like the designs of the characters evolved right. and like the kind of you know we explored the characters more, but yeah, the pitch was pretty much like what it was for a while. Right. And, and so I want to push ahead because that you guys do that for a long time. Like you, you, you get there's a whole fan base that it, yeah. it becomes a thing. It becomes a, a, a little thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We did that for just like we did the cable access thing for seven years. We did the Gooligans. Uh, oh, we did that for ten years. We did the Gooligans for ten years, right. and we stopped that five years ago from now. And it was always episodic things right it was like a ser yeah. like series of uh hour half hour bits or whatever well learning from the uh going having the the kind of hindsight of why the web videos didn't work for newsday we, we we did our own website and we made it easier for people to download our first batch of like 12 sketches right and they were like three minutes so you can download them in you know 45 minutes and watch them and then we were like let's do a 45 minute pilot of like a longer form thing of sketches and then we were like uh, and then we did we started touring around the country in costumes that's and crazy doing like live hosting and live comedy and did things you, like you, that you guys did a lot of the convention circuit too yeah, like we, the horror stuff right like all the comic not all the comic cons but you know that's a just a, a good way to go into it like the comic cons the horror shows right. like the horror conventions and stuff now so. at these conventions 
as the Gooligans, as yeah. your own entity, are, had, are, are, you, are you meeting all the horror heroes yeah. of your yeah. <laughs> of was, your youth? <laughs> yeah, because sometimes we were lucky enough to get booked as like guests and entertainers at these things, right? And then you're you kind of go into like the, the the kind of the green room or whatever, and you know the like the holding area for other people, and you're just like, but like you see you know Elvira there, or you see. Um, <laughs> Fucking Robert and Freddy Krueger, Robert England, you know. That's awesome. But and you're like, oh shit, I'm, I'm like, I gotta say hi to Robert England. Like, I love Freddy. Right. But then you re you realize that you're, you're wearing, as a monster. yeah, you're dressed as a Frankenstein, and you're like, <laughs> shit. And then so we wound up just being in the corner, right. you know, just making each other laugh and you know not mingling too much because. Right. <laughs> I'm sure if Robert England doesn't want to talk to a blue faced right, skeleton right, right, guy, right. you know. Like, he gets enough of that already. Right. You don't want to be the guy when he's, like, you know, having tea, like, you know. Right. But we we had such a great time meeting fans. Yeah. And people that appreciated what we did and got it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and scaring kids, which was, like, the greatest thing, the greatest honor I ever had in doing anything. Because, uh, yeah, like, we would get a little crazy at these shows. And there was the, the parents would bring their kids. Like, like, you know, five, sure. six, seven year old kids. <laughs> and this first time these kids are seeing monsters, they think, you know, that, that this is like real stuff to them, you right. know, or if it's not real, it's really cool. Yeah. And they don't, they're quite not making out with like what it really is. So we would kind of, you know, see kids come and we'd hide around the corner and, you know, jump out and scare them. And, you know, and then, and then parents would bring their kids to come see us right. to get a picture or something like that. And the parents would be like. All right, go stand with the, the Gooligans. And the kid's like, you know, and, and the kid has to like, he's looking at us and he doesn't want to turn around to face the camera. And the kid Can't starts, trust you. Yeah, the kid starts crying and oh, trying to run sweet. back to mom and dad. And they're like, get back to the, go stand there with the picture, you know. And we're and, just like, shit. Like, that's, that's, the, that's like the Oscar for you. That's pretty much. That was it. That was the top. So I, I, I could die happy because we made kids cry right. you know we spilled beer on them it's like this is the greatest <laughs> honor the greatest fun we ever had and the parents were just like oh my god it's so it's like oh, this is the greatest That's thing so great so, so yeah. in that in that 10 year period while you're doing the gooligans this is when i meet you and uh um i want to talk about some of the feature stuff we did the, that we yeah. did together some of the stuff you did and then the second half of this uh we'll get into you know kind of how how you do it, what things you like, how crafty, more yeah. crafty stuff. But when I meet you, I had already done uh, one feature that I just took a wild swing at. Yeah, that I wish I was involved in because I saw it and it was awesome. And I was like, shit, I got so <laughs> jealous when I saw that. It was a lot of the tremendous mistakes that I made on that first one. <laughs> no, that's but, great. But when I wanted to do another one, uh, uh, this and we had just met, and I, I, I wanted to do uh, a picture that, and it was going into a genre that I wasn't my thing right. like uh, i didn't particularly you know i'm not the you're everything good i'm not the uh, i'm not the biggest uh horror fan i love horror but i'm not it's not like i'm i'm gonna go out to look to make a horror movie it's not your main thing yeah but this particular script that i wrote kind of lent itself to that genre sort of a vampire gothic genre it was more of a drama with a kind of horror trope on top of it so i went to you like well this is the guy to shoot this one for me. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, and you jumped on right away and, and that was a fun experience for both of us, I think. And, uh, I'm interested to know what your thoughts were when, when you first, when we first started working together uh, on those things. Uh, I, oh, I saw what you did. I think you showed me lower than the angels. Probably. The first movie. And I was like, shit, 
That's really good. And that was like 2005 or four. Or you were ju- you had just finished. I just it. finished. So 2004. Met, yeah. Right. So I I guess you gave me a DVD or something, and <laughs> I watched it. And um, yeah, I had not done a feature before. I was in the middle or starting another feature, like an anthology thing that that me and some of the slacker right, guy, the Gooligans right, guys, right. did, and some other people. So around that time, 2000, was that 07? I'm going to say 06, 07. Yeah, that's like when that. we were finishing up that other one, which took a few years. And I was like, oh, shit, I have an opportunity to shoot a feature for somebody really talented. And um, uh, not having done that right. before, out of the comfort zone, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And especially <laughs> like it was, it was a drama, mm-hmm. but it had those, you know, it was horror adjacent or it had those elements <laughs> right. to it. I was like, shit, this is the best this is right. such a great opportunity. This is like, I couldn't ask for a better like right. first project to do, you know, outside the, the bubble, you know? Right. And so, we got, and it was, it was a blast because we were working with, uh, we stepped up our equipment a little bit and we, you know, everything, yeah. every, all the, all the, uh, all the, the technical stuff was, uh, was fun to, to work with together on it. I think we kind of had like our first, um, you know, ideas of departments and you know yeah, how right. you know how the day ran and right. you know like we got to get these scenes in the day and right, stuff right. So i mean yeah <laughs> we, we started to you know rather than just going putting your hand over your eyes and going oh, i'll take a wild swing at this we had yeah. that was our first feature where we kind well, of you hired professional you know professional <laughs> yeah. actors, actors and, so and, it, and, 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 yeah. and your locations were you know had restrictions and right, things yeah, so yeah. it was like yeah yeah it was for real yeah, yeah that was a blast and and and, you know, to this day, that's one of my favorite experiences that, you know, it came out pretty, pretty good yeah. for its, for its, for what it was. You were happy, I hope. Right. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then we went on to do um, those Fred Carpenter pictures, which were classics, yeah. you know, the right, classic right. Uh, B uh, crime dramas, you know, of, uh, right. of the Fred Carpenter ilk, but. Uh, when they when when I jumped on as producer on a couple of those and I wanted you right away. Thank a, God, a, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I, I think I got a call. It, this was maybe 2011. Yeah, and I got a call from you. I was going into like the grocery store and you <laughs> called and you were like, "All right, so things," because I knew you were involved in this thing. I right. knew you were like you were cast in this crime flick, this local crime flick from like one of the most notorious local directors <laughs> that we have here. Right. And, um, and again, I was jealous. I'm like, fuck man. I was like, I just, can I just like be a PA or something? Right. But I didn't know who to contact. I didn't want to ask you, Hey, get me on as a PA or something like that. Because I was just happy that you got right on this thing. And there was some name actors at the time, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then you called and you said, yeah, the, those people, a lot of those people are gone and we need you on. And you know, there's right. little to nothing to work with. Right. And like, yeah, let's that whole- restart in a week. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'll bring everything. I'll load my car. Let's get, let's get this fucking, like you said, let's put on a show, man. I'll bring my lights. Like, yep, that's right. Hell yeah. Whatever yeah. you need, like whatever. It, it, and that's kind of what, you know, that's what we can get complacent about things and miss that part of yeah. that, you know, that side of us where we're just like, and especially when things get a little cozy at, you know, and you get, sure. You you're finally making what you deserve and Absolutely. stuff, and you and you, and then you're like, all right, come on down. We got three lights, you know, <laughs> one boom mic and, and a, you know, right. a tape or you know, one card, right. one thirty-two gig card. Yeah. And now you're just like, but fuck, you know, like you know. Well, but this is, is it going to be a ten or twelve hour day, or is it going to be a twenty hour right. day? Like, 
when it should be just like fuck yeah let's do it right like, who cares right well that's the, is I, it cool let's do it exactly that's what i want to get back to and it's this speaks again to uh to our generation of there's no there's a little it's it, we're a little easier to just step off the cliff you know and there's something you lose uh as you get on and you get a little more tired number one <laughs> right and yeah. you get and 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 you got to pay the bills number two so you're you lose a little of that hey let's just do it but well, the, when I say that, yeah, I don't want to interrupt yeah. you, but when I say that, I mean, like, if it's you calling me, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. You right, know? right, right. But if it's somebody who I don't know sure, got sure. referred to and they might have a budget, that's when you're like, well, well, hold on of a second. Course. Let's send me, a, you know, deal memo, send me the schedule, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, but, yeah. but yeah, but but there's a spirit of that 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 uh, I have to, I find, especially recently, I'm trying to get back to because I got real tired yeah. of of just not getting anything for what i'm but the, you just did it or you did it you know we just did it <laughs> recently so yes that's true that's right yeah we just i and i didn't want to do it <laughs> and i did it but are you happy you did it i'm happy i did it we, okay. we, we for for the listeners we just did sean and i just did another short film with another buddy of mine uh this a few months ago uh and uh and again it was another one of these like because we hadn't been working in a while because of this whole the world is right. upside down uh, it was one of those like, fuck it, let's just do something. Let's just put something together and do it. Yeah. And that always makes me nervous because I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck, I'm well, going to carry all this shit. Well, that, it's it's part of that. It's part of like, you know, oh, I've been doing this for 15, 20 years, right. loading my trunk up with, right. you know, light stands and heavy C stands <laughs> right. and shit. And shouldn't a PA be doing this? Yeah. Can I have a roadie? Yeah. And then also there's like, oh, do I want to abuse this friend's time and right. this friend, you know, this, is this an opportunity worthwhile to them and stuff? Right. But I was so, I was so happy when you asked if I can help because I wasn't doing anything. I was, I was stuck in the middle of a production right. of my own, right. trying, you know, where it was just like not really moving as fast as I wanted to. So I needed some momentum and, you know, and, and I was Right, like, you were you were just editing. You were editing a film. You were in the post production of a film you had shot, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, short yes. film. Just yeah, yeah right. like right, yeah, yeah. So, just anything to get the engine going. And I think if there's any lesson in the conversation we're having today for any independent filmmaker, whether they're going the the film school route or whether they're doing what we did, where they just picked up the stuff and go, is there's something about that you shouldn't lose that. Uh, as tired as you get and as difficult as things get, uh, yes, get what you're worth. Yes, do things at a high quality. Yes, do things uh, at a certain uh, uh, um, uh, um, excellence level that you yeah. want to. But there is a spirit of that that we all started with. That that Don't forget it's that spirit that generated the circles. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the guy you stood in line with five in the morning at the tv station yeah, right, he doesn't right. <laughs> he doesn't come into your life or she doesn't come into your life unless you're just like fuck it i'm just gonna go stand so yeah, there's something yeah. that even that even as you continue forward that you have to keep and i think i think that's missed a lot now because i like you said in the very beginning of this conversation that there's this sort of uh that you saw the flaws in Raimi's Evil Dead. You saw the tubes. You know, you saw the blood, and there, and that was an inspiration to do it. Mm -hmm. And now there's this sort of polish right, that's yeah. expected because right. the price point of all the technology is down. So everybody's thing looks good, and everybody's thing has to yeah, sound. Yeah, you can't good. have that tube. You can't out have of the that tube. monster anymore. You right, can, and there's there's some something. can do it. Some can pull it off, <laughs> yeah, but right. you know, nobody wants to really well, see that. Well, th that's the that's the thing about it. Um, you you get you have to. Uh, there's a there's a roughness to this art. Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. It's yeah. not precise precision. Unless you're fucking Stanley Kubrick or something, fine. But but yeah, even then, there's a, there's a there's a 
there's an imperfection <laughs> yeah, to it that exactly. you want to that you want to touch on because that's the truth. And, and yeah, two points. Going back a little bit to to how we can't lose that 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 passion and that like let's go for it thing. I think you can maintain that somehow. You, it's a lot of hard work. Like you're like you're trying um, when you're when you're at a level where some of your work or your professional work is is going in a direction where you need it to go. Right. And you're able to make a living and you're comfortable with that. And then you, I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't think even Scorsese does this at this point. They, they do favors for sure. Somebody, they right. can't get movies made. Right. But it's, it, you know, a lot of people who are fortunate or maybe unfortunate to just get whatever they ask for happen. But a lot of people in very professional, I'm sure highly paid people, highly, you know, sought after people still do people favors. Yeah. They do things for free. Yeah. And, and I, I never want to lose that part. Right. Right. Like if, if you were blessed with great fortune and, and you know, our hard work pays off, I never right. want to lose the fact that I can go do you a favor or, right. Right. or, or we can collaborate on yeah. something for a couple bucks and just because good. Because I'm glad you said awesome. that. Cause I have a whole list of uh, shit. I want you to wait do for <laughs> booked. I think I got to check the calendar. And All then right. also, yeah. sorry, one more okay. point um, about the, uh, yeah, about the polishness and the professionals. Right. Like it's, it's, that's, um, that's why we did the Gooligans because we, you know, we, we, you saw the seams on the makeup <laughs> right. and the sweat coming out right. and the, you know, the bad effects and stuff that we couldn't do. Cause it's like a love letter to that stuff that was going away at that time. Right. And that's, I really missed that. And. I think it inspired new filmmakers in a completely different way, in a better way to see that stuff. And now everything is like, everything is really polished, really produced. And it feels, it feels, uh, Antiseptic. It's, it's, yeah, it's not analog. No, it feels like it's made by a, like a fucking bot or a computer right. or something. And, and these are like Christopher Nolan movies are perfectly crafted movies, but it doesn't feel like it was made by a human being with a, like a, <laughs> Like a quirk or like a like a like a fetish or something, you know. Right, like right, it feels right. like I can't relate to it. I know it's good, right. but is it really good if I can't relate to it? Right. That's why, like people like you know Quentin Tarantino, like as you know as as weird as that stuff is, and as, and they're beautifully made movies too. Sure. And people give him a lot of shit for having like a foot fetish or something, but at <laughs> least he is on and ashamed to show right. that aspect of his personality right right and what what aspect of christopher nolan's personality have we seen right i don't know sean king shits on christopher nolan <laughs> story at 11 this <laughs> is gonna take it's it. going right in the trailer come on <laughs> uh, didn't his last dude, movie do could, tremendously well i, I no. think he could do very well i don't think he's worried about anything i say or you say yeah. but yeah but I, you know i was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a music producer and uh at the time when we first did lower than the angels we had an old like uh, analog board like one of those boards from you know like with the levers and the yeah, knob yeah <laughs> and the mix of that uh, of that music is warmer it's mm -hmm. so so yeah all the digital stuff all the stuff all the technology is so incredibly precise and and all that but there's a warmth that's missing that's why people are buying vinyl and shit now yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah so there's and that's what i like about filmmaking and and theater and acting and all that stuff is is the flaw is, yeah. is I like to be aware. That's why I like anamorphic lenses. Right. And now yeah. we're now in this second, yeah. uh, no. last half, Absolutely. we'll start talking about all the fun tools and fun stuff we like. But that's why I like anamorphic lenses, for instance, because 
you know, at the edge of that glass, it's, 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 it falls off. Oh, the top and bottom on yeah, a wide, like, yeah, you know, 35 it, millimeter. You it's know. out of focus. And I it's, love it. And there's artifacts yeah. and lens flares. Before they were cool, I liked lens flares, you know. Yeah, right, Because right. I like to be aware of the camera. Yeah. Some people don't want, you know. Again, they're getting away from that. I mean, some, right. some, some go back, like J.J. Abrams go back for the nostalgia's sake, but that's kind of thin. Right. But, yeah, I mean, just seeing those those limitations back then. And I then. appreciate a guy like uh, a Roger Deakins, who's an amazing cinematographer, right. Right. Uh, who doesn't want you to be aware of the camera. Right. He's, he's not a big fan of he's flares. He's flagging everything. But at the same time, my taste is mm -hmm. that stuff. And I think we share that sort of, I want to see some of the rough edges. And I never yeah. heard you talk about the tube thing, but that's exactly right. You yeah. want to see some of the rough edges. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about cinematography and filmmaking a little bit now and the craft of it. What are some of the things visually that, that turn you on? Uh, you started with the real raw, you know, B-level horror movies of Raimi, but what, as you've gone on, what are the things, what are the pictures you like to see? How do you like to fill the frame as a cinematographer? Like, well, I, it depends on, it's all informed by what, what happens in, you know, what is this character what do? the story? What, is, what the yeah. hell is going on here? And, and and what are we shooting? You know, uh, right. I think like Dean Cundey said. You know, we we're b both fans of Dean Cundey's stuff up until you know, Back to the Future. Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But a brilliant, you know, right. photographer, cinematographer. But it's like, are you shooting a like? Are you shooting a a train going by, or you're shooting you know, or you're shooting a dinosaur? You know, mm. and it's like, okay, well, we're shooting Jurassic Park, so it's a dinosaur. So you know, your frame is not going to be from here to here. It's right. you know, it's going to be a little bit more you know, right, vertical, vertical. You know, because the camera goes up and sees this tall dinosaur. Right, right, right. And we're not following a train going across a desert or some shit. You right. Know? So it's really it's the it's the dictates of the story and sure. the, and the plot. But is, but yeah. are there things that 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 turn you on like are, are there particular like for instance i love uh i love uh lubetsky right. I, I love yeah. like the revenant and, the, the goat, and yeah. because and the what i like about that cinematography is those wide 18 24 millimeter lenses where the face yeah. is in yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's and i i it, there's something about putting me in that and i know it's a camera I like that frame. I mm -hmm. like wide angle frames. I like that kind of stuff, that, that look. And it looks like you're approaching that character right, like at all right. times. Yeah, so he's, he's in it, but, the, but yeah. the environment is in it as well because it's yeah. a big frame. So that's kind of my things that I, that I like to see, yeah. you know, um, the guy, uh, P.T. Anderson's work. And, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of that. Oh, Lackman? Lackman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So are there, are there in types of images types of things that you are drawn to more yeah i think um like you we were more informed at a time where there was blockbuster movies and you know amazing indies in the 70s and right. and, and and uh studios started to make indies movies and stuff right. and uh and we grew up in a time where coming out of like the 50s and 60s i think you know movies were much made much more on a on a wide yeah, grand scope. scale level on this yeah. scope you know the anamorphic scope and stuff and uh super scope and shit just to get people away from their television sets right. back into the movies and even if we were watching something from you know 10 years ago if we were watching a western from you know 15 years ago or a kung fu flick from you know <laughs> right. and it's always like this massive frame yeah. you're going like this holy shit right 
and maybe we watched them on TV where they were cropped, but where they, they still had, scan them. Yeah, yeah. where they yeah where they, where they had to choose between you know like you know Henry Fonda over here or fucking you know <laughs> right. Lee Van Cleef over here or whatever. So it's like you know, uh, but it still had those weird artifacts. Yes, a, a strange out of focus like the bokeh or whatever we call right. it. You know, it's a weird kind of shape in the background mm-hmm. or. Or like, you know, what, um, uh, how he shot, uh, Close Encounters, you know, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, oh. Z- Zygmunt, you know, yeah. uh, where it was just like practical lights in the background, just right. like, and there was no other real source and it felt like a real living room or a real right. kitchen and stuff. Right. And, and, and I think that kind of informed us, like when we got to make movies and we got, we were able to get our hands on some tools, right. we were like, oh shit, now I can get like a, I can get a real wide frame without losing, you know, camera information on a digital chip and right, right. like, like our lens adapters and our like anamorphic <laughs> adapters and stuff. Right. And then we were like, like I just did the other movie, uh, uh, I wasn't the cinematographer, um, Nick Montalvo was my cinematographer on the last short we did, but, um, the lead character in this last short that I directed was um, uh, it's kind of a, a of a different kind of pedigree of a, of a young woman who was you know a successful young woman a, like a beautiful mm-hmm. um, social media influencer and and I was like well if this if this character is of a certain pedigree and kind of uh, has a certain ego then the lens choice informed me of like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some really expensive fancy lenses. And the location was kind of like, uh, had an open space plan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, these lenses are going to play great with the character. And then the yeah. the, the kitchen area where we're going to be shooting a lot of this stuff. And and then we had these lenses that gave great, like, you know, flares and stuff. Yeah. So we like, we popped lights up top that shined into the right. lens and stuff and backlit her golden hair right. and stuff. So, so, yeah, the, so, so the character informs the tool. Yeah, I, always, but you know, pretty the, the story and the character. Yeah, not always. I mean, it could it, or the director, whoever you're working for, like you right. know, because I'm a director and cinematographer, uh, right. so I, I I I come in with a project that I know, I, I what I want. Right. But if a director doesn't have an idea and they're depending on you to come up with something, right? That creative aspect of you being a, a writer or a director could help. Sure, sure. Because a lot of a lot of director photographies are probably like well you got to tell me what you want right you know like right, a lot of right. a lot of them are hands off like sure if you want me to like direct this movie for you then i need a certain you know right, right, i need right. a fucking you know do you like to uh do you like to operate you like the camera operate still and do all that kind of stuff or yeah sure i i but honestly like at my level i never really have an opportunity to you know <laughs> hire ops you know so it's, <laughs> yeah, it just comes out of necessity like everything else right right but but uh I also do a lot of corporate and commercial films too, and right. documentaries and stuff. Like that's that's you know that's how this filmmaker makes a living, right. you know. Um, and this is how th- that's how this filmmaker is able to pay for the movies that I make, right, you know, because right. nobody else is paying for my. Fucking and that's a whole other, John, a whole other. It's ball a game. whole other industry and a whole other personality. You're dealing with um, corporations and marketing people and agencies and clients and stuff, and that's a wonderful area to learn about how I imagine a real like Hollywood system movie works because sure. you're dealing with agencies and clients and, you right. know, fucking corporations. You <laughs> right, know? right. So it's a cool, you know, and it, there's very little space to be creative in these jobs, right. you know, um, at least the ones I'm working on, which are like, you know, pharmaceutical films and stuff. Right. But there are opportunities to be creative. And most of those people are like, yeah, whatever you think, I don't care. You know? Right. So, 
so you're able to experiment a little bit and learn about um like okay we're shooting a documentary in a, in a doctor's office you right, know right. what are you gonna you know what is the doctor like are they laid back are they <laughs> funny are they serious right right that informs you about the camera movement. That right. informs you about the lighting, the, you know, high key, low key. Is right. it natural lighting? Like what? So, um, I, I, yeah, I think, and then, and then on those jobs, sometimes we're able to hire camera operators and, right, and right, other DPs right. and stuff to go do those things. And right. that's, and that's great, you know, but there's always a part of me that wants to push them aside and grab, <laughs> and grab the, the camera. Yeah. 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 Right. I, th I don't think there's like, like I'm sure, you know, you're seeing somebody act or direct and you know, you, at some point you just want to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of, <laughs> get out of my way. This is my way. Yeah. No. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm a lot, uh, I'm a lot easier. I, I, I let it things slide a lot easier, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially more now than, uh, than I ever did before. Well, maybe now you're dealing with more, uh, you know, uh, adequate people too. Yeah, well, you know, that's, so that, hopefully, that hopefully, yeah, you kind of let them <laughs> let them do what they do and just stay out of the yeah, way. Yeah, or somebody you you can't possibly approach and say, "Hey, <laughs> right, what are you yeah, doing here?" Yeah, well, uh, that I'm not afraid of. I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll approach good. anybody. Let's, let's awesome. Uh, all right, so 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 the the what is the what are the things you want are looking at? First of all, the other thing we did together too was we wrote together. We wrote. Screen, oh yeah, we did. We, we yeah. wrote screenplays together yeah. that, we're, that we're trying to. We're out there trying to pitch and get and made. Um, is is that still something that's in your circle? Are you still looking yeah. to create? Uh, uh, you know, from your mind to the page uh, Always. projects. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's probably a like a producer type out there who doesn't have right. a script in a drawer or like you know <laughs> right they've been hit for 15 years or whatever you know rewriting it or up to page 32 and can't move on after that um but we did collaborate mm -hmm. um on two features on two on two um that are at some level of you know nowhere and somewhere <laughs> right, you know right, you right. can't say now right, but, right. Uh, but i'm also uh i'm also collaborating on another two or three also at the same time um that are again just kind of like you know is 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 lightning gonna strike here right. is god gonna you know kind of you know right clear the clouds or not you know so now you as as a now guys like us who are doing all the different things we're writing we're shooting it we're producing it we're yeah. we, when you're writing or when you're coming up with a concept, does your cinematographer head come in? Does your director head, do they all, all the crafts mix in? Are you seeing pictures? Are you just letting that go to whatever happens, whatever budget you got? Or, or how does your, how does the, how do you visualize those things when I, you're writing? I don't think it's possible. Probably the same for you. And, and there are writers who never think visually. They never put an iota of like, you know, <laughs> camera pans or we, we you know, right. crane down or you're not supposed to do that anyway, apparently. But like there's not a line of dialogue. There's not a scene heading or any kind of prose that I write that I don't immediately oh, see first. And then, you know, All right. kind interesting. Of, yeah, I, I can't do that. And that comes from probably that same kind of instinct made me pick up that camera for the first time right. you know in 1980 fucking eight you know right. so it's like yeah you I, there's never a moment where i don't visualize things and if i write something i try to flourish it i try to all right you know visualize it enough but not take anybody else's you know yeah opportunity to be creative either but you want to you know i think it's it's it goes back to that little struggle of like no i i know what's best here like right. i think i know what's best here right and until somebody else who has a better idea comes along and fixes it, it this is the idea. 
Right. This is what what it's going to be. You know. Right. So, <laughs> what's it like when you? Because you've had to do this. What's it like when that circle closes? When you've written, you go shoot it. It's the picture you wrote. Does have you had that experience where you see you saw it, you put it down, it yeah. went up, and there it is? What does that feel like it, for the filmmaker? That happened more times. I'm lucky that happened way more times than it didn't. Really? Yeah. Um, because everything always changes, you know, sure, for those absolutely. who don't know about production, um, you're lucky if like a third of what you imagine gets anywhere near close to, uh, reality. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the, the ultimate kind of, you know, success right. is, 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 in, is being able to, you're, you're, yeah, I mean, you're fucking ahead of, you're master of a circus, you know, you're like ringmaster or whatever, right. you know, and. The lion's going to have its own fucking idea of what it's going to do. And, right. you know, the trapeze is going to break. You know, right. somebody's going to fall. Um, but, you know, if the circus does 165 days and one day is perfect, you know, you just want to get as close to that one perfect day as you possibly can. Right. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's something that's in my control. Maybe it's something that I'm just lucky to happen yeah. but i, I and you hang around with all the right people so that's well that that's exactly no you're absolutely right and i feel bad for not saying that first but yeah but it's it, you know whether it's your it, it's your instinct or not of asking the right people to help you and right. kind of like my cinema sometimes cinematographer will, nick will be you know uh, i'll have everything storyboarded perfectly everything kind of like and i'll write the 35 millimeter you know 85 low angle wide mm. you know like and I don't know if you're supposed to do that in a, in a storyboard or or a shot list or whatever, but I hear like the good directors do that, so I do that. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't I, know. I think there's no rules. The rules are whatever. Yeah. Whatever sure, makes sure. the production work. Right. But but my cinematographer Nick Montalvo is like he comes on. You know he sees the boards a week beforehand or whatever a shot list with all the information kind of spelled out. You know. But I feel bad doing it because like he's a creative guy too. Right. But the reaction I know I'm going to get from Nick is, oh, shit, thanks for my, right. you know, all my work is pretty much done. I right. just got to go and I know how to set up of, you know, a, a 12K here. I know how to do this. I know how to set up this bounce. So he's like, right. my, the hard part's done already. Right. Some right. people appreciate that. Some people, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure like Lebeski is like, <laughs> no, I, I. I picked a 16 lens. millimeter lens and, you know, put it in Leonardo DiCaprio's face, you <laughs> right. know, right. Because, you know, the right. director understands that. Sure. I mean, you're, you're, you're using people for, for the jobs that they're supposedly good at and what they, and, and for the art that they bring to it, there's a right. certain, uh, a thing. So I want, I want to get, we're close to wrap up. So, um, first, what, uh, is there anything I know you, you, you mentioned something you don't want to talk about, that there's other things, but is there anything you're looking to do now? Is there any, you have anything uh, besides some of those scripts on the burner? Is there anything you want to do? Like, is there something you, you, you'd love to do that you haven't started? Or like, what's the, what's the dream of to, to do something right now? Is there, is it, is it a feature? Is it a short? Is it a TV thing? Well, what do you want to do? I want a job. <laughs> get, get back to work. It always go. It always is. It always is work. Right. Uh, well, that's that's just the, the sad truth of things. Yeah, I gotta fucking need a job. Yeah. Um, but creatively, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I feel like I told a lot of horror stories and stuff, and 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 I submit a lot of I submit these short films that I do to film festivals, and I try to 
I try to submit to non-genre film festivals sometimes, but sure. they always get kind of like put into a horror box or right. a horror program or something, right. which is cool, which is, you know, it's accepted. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I, I would like to make a movie that kind of is genreless and kind of doesn't feel like it could be put into a like a, oh, it's a drama or it's a comedy. Right. Or it's like, it'd be nice to do something. I have a few ideas, but it'd be nice to do something that kind of is hard to um, define and and. and label a genre too right so right. that would be you know that would be cool i just want to do things that make people be like even if it's something like 99 percent of people are like i don't get it it's but then the one percent hundred percent hundred thousand percent gets it right i'm more interested in that one person who right. gets it ten thousand percent than not so much what like right. You know, it's like that one day in the circus that goes perfect for you. You just want to. We're get, all chasing you know, that one day. <laughs> you know? chase yeah. that one day. So if we have that one day, a couple of times, I'm happy, and I could just you know, right. go do whatever. Yeah. And, and I think lastly, uh, if you know anybody who would be listening to this would be interested in uh, independent filmmaking or or how the similarities of how we grew up doing it, but you know, there's the kid who's. 12, 13, 14, and, and now they have access to all this technology and, and they can start doing it with their fucking iPhone, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, what what do you, what advice do you have from your childhood, from your experience, and from where you are now to the kid who wants to be an independent filmmaker? And, and you can, I mean, this everything that could inform this is all the stuff we talked about from the 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 tube show into the like what what do you tell the, what do you tell the kids what should they be aware of in this world now heading towards that kind of a thing trying to become to do the things we do well damn what would you tell them to answer that i would need to know what the world is like now and i <laughs> don't think i know what the world is like now <laughs> um i guess i i here's the thing and i i i made my last short film like me deadly because of this um, and it's about a social media influencer who kind of, you know, is, is on a mission to succeed on her, you know, her channel and stuff. And it costs her her life, but mm. she succeeds in the, the goal. Right. She gets all the likes. So the priority <laughs> was to, like, get the likes. But, you know, on her, you know, on her last breath or on the, the last light in her eyes sees that she did it. And so it's a success. Um, so I don't understand what priorities are now mm. uh, to to a to a. 13 or 4 it's like a person who wants to make movies but the the one cliched advice that i would give anybody is to uh just nobody's gonna come and make your movie for you nobody is gonna do that nobody's gonna care as much about your movie as you you know uh it's cool that you know your your parents bought you a car but they're not gonna make your movie like you're gonna make your movie and you could you could all the time you could sit there and make excuses why I can't make my movie. You could be making your movie, so just make your fucking movie. You know, <laughs> shut up and just suck. It's gonna suck. <laughs> Do it again because your next one will probably be a little better. Right. And then you know, you just the moment you the moment you give up, the the um the the rate of failure is a hundred percent, right? But if you don't give up, the rate of failure is you know, eighty percent. Right. So you just got to think in that 20% zone that something great is going to happen. And the more, as, as we talked about, the more you do that, the bigger your circle of other 
stupid bastards like us that you, right. that you get involved with that do it and the odds yeah. are one of those yeah. people is going to be the one that lights the fire that, that that's right yeah yeah you're going to ruin a lot of lives and a lot of relationships <laughs> in the process but it's not really you doing it it's them doing it too <laughs> right so they're just fool, foolish enough to come along with you but yeah but they're going to grow alongside with you they're going to grow above you we've all had people who grew above us and you know fell out mm. but you know there's n probably nothing in the world that's going to make me want to stop doing it. Just, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's how you define yourself, then let it define you basically. Awesome. John, yeah. thanks man for stopping by. This Thank was you. super fantastic. I awesome. appreciate it. Thanks so and, much. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get you on again and we'll do some, uh, we'll get some other crazy people on here with us and yeah, and do a, a round table. Yeah, like we'll a, do a round table. Like a I, I like Hollywood round table. reporter. Absolutely. Round table. We'll do the long Island yeah. uh, round table. That'd be odd. Just have a bunch of drinks and just get fucked up. <laughs> All right. I'm for it. <laughs> thanks, Sean. Man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All awesome. Right. Appreciate All it. Right.